As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! And welcome to another episode of Your Next Favorite Movie. I'm your host, Josh G. And today we are kicking off Film Effect Vember as we welcome on the main host. Please welcome Ed to the show. What's up? It's been a while, man. Yeah, I should say back to the show because Ed <laughs> was on last year in October. Yes, yes. Uh, Return of the Living Dead, my favorite horror movie. This is a little different, but you know I'll let you bring it in. Yeah, yeah. Before we get there, why don't you tell everyone about the film effect? Well, yes, the film effect podcast. Every week, myself and uh, well, is it right now? It's me and Corey, and there's all we have a whole slew of hosts. Every Tuesday, we do a deep dive on a different film, and then every Friday, we have a show called Fewercast, which is an acronym, the Film Effect Weekly Entertainment Recap Podcast, where we talk about all the the news and the stuff from the you know that weekend the entertainment and film we just me jocelyn andrew justin Corey, we all get together and you know just converse it's it's fun so you get two shows a week and uh yeah having a blast all right so i'll just go ahead and say as we get into this we are doing this What's the word I'm looking for? I guess as a simultaneous episode where there'll be you'll be able to get the deep dive version on the film effect and the shorter right. version over here on your next favorite movie. That's right. That's right, Josh. Um, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm glad we're doing this. By no means is it one of my favorites. It's it's you know, I, I had this film holds a special place in my heart. And it it it's it's kind of I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward for this one. I'm looking forward to talking about this film with you. So Oh, I agree. And you have a connection that I don't know a lot of people up in that area that can talk about it, but we're gonna mm-hmm. get into that because that is a connection I'm interested to hear about. So Can't we're gonna wait. go back to a a true game changer from nineteen ninety-nine and we're gonna talk about the Blair Witch Project. From Artisan Entertainment, it began as a mystery. It became a phenomenon. And now it's as close as your remote control. For the first time on television, the Blair Witch Project comes to pay-per-view. Experience the movie critics call a groundbreaker in fright. An instant classic. I hear him downstairs! The Blair Witch Project, now on pay-per-view. Lights on, lights off. You decide how to watch it. All right, so I'm assuming you saw this right in theaters, right? You know it. We had a special engagement. Um, so, of course, everyone who's seen this movie knows it takes place in Burkittsville, Maryland. Now, we're from outside of Baltimore here in Maryland, uh, born and raised. Burkittsville is a real town. It's, it's, it's really it's hard to describe. It's more along the lines of Maryland and West Virginia. But yes, Burkittsville is real. It wasn't made up for the story or for the film. And yeah, this film had a special, uh, like a little two-week engagement. Uh, a lot of theaters here in Baltimore, the Art House Theater, the Charles, is where they had the film playing two weeks before the rest of the country got it. And that's when I saw it, of course. So, 
Oh, nice. I will say, yeah, earlier this year, I was driving up that way and I was, I forgot what road I was on, but it was like Virginia, West Virginia, back to Virginia. Then it went through Maryland for a short period before I finally (laughs) got to Pennsylvania. But when I was on that stretch in Maryland, I did see a sign that said Burkittsville for the Burkittsville exit. And I was like, I told my wife, I was like, I really want to stop and go visit Burkittsville, you know? She's like, no, no, no. We have to be somewhere. I was like, damn it. Yeah, there's really nothing there. It's just like it you see in the movie. Uh, it, it pretty much is. I mean, they actually did film that in in Burkittsville. Uh, the whole film wasn't filmed, of course, in Burkittsville. But that that main scene in the film in the beginning, where they're interviewing the town folk and everything, that was actually filmed in Burkittsville. Uh, Josh, that road you were driving on, it sounds like you were coming up eighty one. That that's the main highway up that way, and then that you said exit. That was a dead giveaway for me. So unless I'm wrong. I, you know what? It wasn't like an interstate. Mm, so, but okay. it did have the big green sign that said Burkersville this way. Yep. So that's what I wasn't sure of because we were coming up. We were coming up 81. No, we were not on 81 because we were coming up 81 and it mm-hmm. took us off on some side road that took us through all these different states on this little road. Uh, okay. Is it the same road you go through uh, Harper's Ferry on? I'm going to tell you this is the first time I ever drove that way. Okay. So I don't so remember. You had I don't, no I don't know that. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I go out there every every so often. I'm out that way. Don't um, but yeah, you know the film. Like I said, that town that's really Burkittsville. Even though the rest of the film was, I mean, the the the, the majority of the film. You know what? I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll let you. You yeah, steer the yeah. wheel. You steer the wheel, man. This is your we're, show. We're, we're getting there. Uh, yeah. As for me, I saw it. Uh, I did not see it opening weekend which kind of leads to part of the problem because you really mm-hmm. have to buy all the hype for this movie. At least I do. Yeah, and, we should talk about that first. I'm not, I'm not trying to cut you off, but say finish the story and then we should actually get into the hype because that's really where the story begins. I agree. And what it, what it was was I didn't see it open weekend. And I remember I didn't see it the second weekend. I'm going to tell you why. I was in Atlanta and I was... Sleeping, I was watching Jay Leno and out walks Heather, can't remember her last name. Donahue. Yeah, Heather Donahue onto Jay Leno's stage. And I hadn't seen Blair Witch yet. And I'm I'm 13 years old at this time. And I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? She's on Jay Leno? Like, and I looked it up to make sure my memory was correct. And she came out the Friday after it premiered. So I guess once it got open a weekend, they started letting them do publicity for it, I guess is how that worked. I'm not sure. <laughs> Yeah, for me it was the the VMAs the the following month when the three of them came out on stage to present an award or something like that. I was like, okay. I mean, me being local, I should have known better a lot sooner. But you know that that's that's half the fun, you know, just believing it, and, and it really got us. So I, I agree, and I think had I seen it before I saw her on Leno, it would have had a bigger impact. But I knew by that point, by the time I got to see it. I had already seen her do her interview. I hadn't seen the other two guys, but I had seen her. And I was like, that's the girl from the Blair Witch Project. And she's talking about the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> I was like, well, damn. But yeah, let you go into it because you you know more about the hype being in that area. So the lore, I mean, everyone knows the story, of course. I hope, hopefully people listening have seen the Blair Witch Project. Not that I'm going to jump into anything really spoiler, any, but it starts with the the hype. The, the the marketing, you got to remember, gang, this was 
early 1999. This was never done before. This was unheard of. Um, you know, there's going to be some people out there arguing, you know, cannibal Holocaust, whatever, but that's neither here nor there. This was the real game changer here because the website, this was the internet. That's the difference between this and cannibal, you know, Holocaust and everything. This is the internet really is the star of the story because Sundance, January 99, this film premiered and it really, it, it started from there and then on. And I remember it was an MTV news report. They were talking about all the films at Sundance that year and they talked about Blair Witch and that was when I first caught wind and I had internet access at the time and I just went and I remember going to that site and I was like, oh my God, like, what is this? Like, this is so creepy. It's so cool. Like, and, and you know, because the, the website back then, like, it had the eerie sound effects and it had the story and everything. And of course, that the famous missing poster of all three of them on there and all that was all on the site. And fast forward to the, the, the months leading into it, because oddly enough, it got a January, I got a July release. This came out in late July in the yeah. summer instead of waiting until October. They chose to put it out in summertime. Whatever. We can get in that argument another time. But this, the, 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 right before there was a sci fi documentary um, about this, uh, I forgot what that, I forgot what it was called. I'm, Tell not, me out, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't remember this actually. The Curse of the Blair Witch. It was a mockumentary uh, on the sci fi channel that premiered like a couple weeks before the film came out. And that really got people's attention. And then the film came out. And when I saw this, I saw this uh, at the Charles Theater with my cousin and her husband. The three of us went. And if, if Sean was on here, he'd be talking about seeing it opening night. I wasn't quite there opening night, but it was like that, that, that first weekend that it opened. And I got home that night. And my I, I, my room is in the basement. Um, I refuse to go down to my room and sleep. No joke. And I was <laughs> I, I was a month shy of turning fifteen. And this was the last time I truly got scared at a movie, and because I believed it, you know, because being from around here, you know, it it freaked me out. And to people that are watching this today and are are laughing, especially you know the whole map in the river gig. The, the, you know, all jokes aside, you got to remember time and place, you know, 1999, 23 years ago when this was released, it, it was a big deal and a lot of people bought it. So that's kind of my history on the opening of this movie. Yeah. yeah like I, said, I saw it a few weeks in, I'd seen her, so I already have lost that part of it. And that sucks, dude. Yeah, that's... it does. It does. And I'm not a big found footage guy even now. So, and that's another thing too. Like found footage was not a thing. It was you got a couple. This really put found footage movies on the map. Yep. You know, if it weren't for this, you wouldn't have Paranormal Activity and all the other things that happened afterward. Honestly, you wouldn't, because this movie was just a game changer. And I keep going back to that term, but I just I'm just gonna say this and drop the mic. The budget was about half a million. It grows two hundred and forty-eight and a half million dollars ultimately. Was it half a million? I don't think it was anywhere near that. 
budget was like, oh, okay, well, that's just, maybe it was less, probably was, but let's just put a figure on it, half a million, still. Yeah, we have still $48 million, you know? So, and that's well, why we got a sequel, you know, rushed a year later, but I ain't talking about that. Let's talk about the original. <laughs> We're going to get there. Don't worry, it comes up. Oh, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, 60000 not even a hundred thousand. Jesus. That's what I was like. I remember it being low, low, like super low. I wanted to look it up to see. Yeah, sixty thousand was the budget on this thing. I mean, it was might still be, but it, I know at the time low uh, the uh, most that profitable like, independent movie. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the term. But in case anyone has not seen it, tell the actual story of what the Blair Witch is. Oh, okay. So the Blair Witch, I'm trying to pull it up here. Anyway, I can't find it. Anyway, just going off of memory because I've seen this movie so many times. Basically, it's a witch. There is a, a Rustin Parr. I remember that name. It was a man who basically was told to, he, he took children in this town to his home and lined them up in the basement, made them face the corner while he murdered them one by one. He didn't want the kids to see, you know, the acts performed on the other children who were being slaughtered ultimately. And it was basically him being told by this uh, mysterious witch that he had seen. And uh, he I remember he came out and he went to Coffin Rock and said, I'm done. My work is complete. And there was like a bunch of kids that they found in the basement. And like I said, while he was performing the acts, I do remember them. He had to, had them face the corner because he just couldn't take their eyes watching as he did it. And that's that's kind of like my Cliff's notes of the of the story, um, just based off of memory. I haven't actually seen the film. It's it's, it's I think last Halloween season was the last time I actually watched this. I mean, that's basically the gist of the story. You know, there's a witch toward a man, Rustin Parr, to kill the kids, and he did. And, uh, you know, these three filmmakers go present day or at the time, it was the mid-90s, uh, and, and go, they're basically making a film, a documentary on this, this mysterious boy witch. And um, they go in the woods. They have the whole film, of course, found footage. It's all based off of their... Uh, high eight cameras and whatnot and everything else. And uh, yeah, it, it just as you can imagine, things go bad. <laughs> so I didn't know if, I don't know if you wanted to talk about how they actually filmed this or not, because that's another story to, you know, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Go it. into, I was going to ask you about some other stuff, but go, go into that. And then I'll get into what I was going to ask you. Uh, okay. So you got the three core film, uh, the three core actors, Heather Donahue, Michael Williams, Josh, Leonard and you had the directors Daniel Myrick, Eduardo Sanchez and really because they wrote it and everything and when I say write they basically wrote PowerPoints clips notes things that they wanted to be done during that day basically every morning they, they were actually sent out into the woods with, with you know little to no supplies basically what you see on the movie or the doc documentary, or, yeah, the movie is what you get. That's what they were sent out there with. Little to no, nothing, you know, camping gear and some cards, some index cards, you know, basically letting them know what they want them to do that day. And they would go to bed, 
they get messed with at night. <laughs> and then, you know, the next morning they wake up to, uh, I think it was a milk crate with just different notes and supplies, I guess, if they needed it. Um, I know they got Josh's, you know, the, uh, I know they got the teeth from uh, a, a medical uh, dentist in Maryland. Um, yeah. So it was pretty cool how they did that. They were just gorilla style, you know, basically you guys are going to ab lib here are our car. Here's your notes for the day. Boom. And they, they ended up coming back with like over 20 hours of raw footage. So, you know, the film ultimately is uh 81 minutes, you know? So that's a lot of footage on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Done. So, yeah, you know, and I've always found that fascinating how they did it. You know, it's so simple, you know? Right. Yeah, I agree. So what I want to ask you, what was it like? I mean, you were close enough. What was it like in the aftermath after this comes out? What was it like to be around Burkittsville and the surrounding areas, I guess? Um, I hate to say this, but Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2, for everything that it is, um, the opening of the movie, for those of you who are familiar with it, it basically goes to Burkittsville and shows like the craze and all the people come in, the fanboys, and you had the whole. It's one of my one of the scenes that makes me laugh that stands out. You had the sheriff get out of here. There ain't no goddamn witch, uh, chasing all the you know fans out, super fans that were coming and invading the town or whatever. That was pretty real. That that was pretty spot on, and that's what I was getting at for the first month or so. Because again, the film was huge, and it wasn't just Maryland. It was just all over the world you know there were people literally coming here um just coming they're flocking to burkittsville to, to get a glimpse of this witch or whatever and everything and that's how it was but then it got quiet afterwards once the jig was up and the, you know the cat was out of the bag you know i'd say like a, a couple months later by the time halloween came around in 1999 and the film was out on vhs and dvd like it calmed down, you know, it was a very short lived craze, but it was still a, a, a craze that never happened before for, you know, a, we never seen, you know, we, movies are filmed in, around here and stuff like that, but we've never had anything like the Blair Witch Project, you know, that was huge for, I, I don't want to say here in Baltimore, I just want to say it was huge for the state of Maryland, which is not a very big state, you know, not a lot of things happen here. We have Edgar Allan Poe and The Wire. And John Waters. I mean, come on. Oh, John Waters, yeah. Exactly. I, I, I'm i kicking myself right now for not even saying him. Those are your three core Maryland essentials when it comes to, you know, film. You know, we're remembered for John Waters, Blair Witch, and uh, whatever else I just said. <laughs> the Wire. Not- the Wire. That's what. That's fair. So, does it, does it, I mean, you don't live in Burgersville, but do does it get attraction like you know, Halloween time each year now still with people coming? I'm sure. I mean, Burkittsville is an hour and a half away from here. Okay. It's it's kind of a drive, so it's not like it's local enough, you know. But um, I, I, I'm sure there are still people to this day that go out there from time to time. I mean, I, I would if I had the time, you know, but I don't know. It's it's still cool, you know. It's It's a little piece of Maryland history that we're always going to have. So, 
right. take All pride right. in that. Yeah. Hey, hey, take pride in anything you got, right? I mean, that's right. Part of history at this point. I mean, that's everybody right. knows. Even if they haven't seen it, everybody knows the name of the Blair Witch Project, you know? <laughs> right, right. And if you haven't seen the movie, you know, even if you know ain't real and all that stuff it's still fun to watch you know you, i'm sure you've seen paranormal activity you know eight a thousand times check this out once so all right well you brought up book of shadows briefly so i know you're not the biggest fan but let's hear your thoughts let's on that talk about it no we can <laughs> talk about it absolutely so blair witch 2 book of shadows <laughs> i saw it opening weekend or so or so um, because it came out Halloween season the following year, like Lionsgate. I'm sorry, at the time they were artisans still. Yeah. Artisan films really rushed this thing, and it came out the following year. I saw it Halloween night with uh my co-host Corey and um some other friends, and you know, <laughs> it is what it is. The movie, uh it has a lot of problems and apparently it's not the movie that the filmmaker wanted. Um, I'm not familiar with the guy who directed it, his work. Apparently he's a documentary, a, a documentarian. And this was his first full length film. And it was pretty much a hack job from um, artisan Lionsgate, whoever you want to call them at the time they were artisan. Now they're known as Lionsgate, but yeah, they, Ultimately, I don't like the movie. It has its, I don't even want to use the word qualities. It has some pros, but the conjure away it, you know, it's nothing like the first movie. And, you know, it, it, it's just, when I, I think, okay, here's my closing thoughts. When I look back on Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows, I look at it as a, a production company hack job. You know, they took something that was meant to be something and turned it into what they wanted it to be. And what it ended up, when it ended up being, I mean, God, it's just a mess, man. Yeah. The only thing when I think about that movie, and I was just thinking about it earlier today, is the, the warehouse where Jeffrey Donovan's character lives. It's right off the 83 bypass when you're going down the Baltimore City. You know, it's really crazy. You think it's filmed like in the middle of the woods, like the first film was. It's not like if they were to tilt the, the camera like a little bit more to the left, you'd see a, a bridge and a bunch of cars going by. That's 83. That goes right directly in. That leads into Baltimore City. So it's kind of like right there on the Baltimore City and County line. So. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie. 15 year old me saw that in theaters, which is funny because I really didn't come out of Blair Witch loving it. But I was back in there when it, Blair Witch 2 came out. And when Disposable Teens hit, I was sold on the movie. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> I can't that is lie. a pretty cool song that, to open it off with. And I now it's funny. That is not what the filmmaker I'm going to pull his name up. I keep on referring to him as a full a filmmaker he has a name there we go Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadow Joe Berlinger 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 I can't even pronounce his name he wanted um, a, uh, a Sinatra song originally Um, what song is it I can't remember what song it was um part of life for me oh witchcraft from frank sinatra but 
because it's a studio hack job they were like nah we want this marilyn manson song because he has a new record coming out and we gotta pump this song you know and that's what happened sinatra's front uh, witchcraft was supposed to be the intended and there's actually i think some fans made a different cut you can find on youtube i've actually seen it where they replaced disposable teens with witchcraft and i dig it you know i actually been pretty cool to have that as the actual opening song so i don't know if you wanted to talk about the third film because there was a third blow witch film yeah, but before that, I just want to say one thing, and that is, if you want to hear more of my thoughts on Book of Shadows, I will be on the Cult Worthy podcast with Antonio doing sequels so bad they're good. And yes, I brought Book of Shadows, and I brought Troll 2, because I love talking about that as well. So <laughs> check that out. Uh, it should be out sometime soon. I don't know, because I'm recording this way too early. So it'll be over there. Just go check out Cult Worthy. But yes, the third one I watched recently for this for the first time because I had not seen that one. Okay. Yeah, I went to a, I went to an advanced screening for that one because I'm a real big Adam Wingard fan. I think he's one of the best directors of the last decade. Um, you know, he's doing some amazing things right now with Godzilla versus Kong. But, uh, you know, respect the roots. And the man comes from horror. I love your next, his sophomore film. If you haven't seen your next please seek that film out but uh no this um Blair Witch I like I really do I and I love the twist the marketing was so genius because before that came out it was marketed as the woods and that that year's comic-con in San Diego they had an advanced screening of it because it was supposed to come out in September and they brought the film this to the San Diego Comic Con, and everyone went in thinking they were seeing Adam Wingard's new film, The Woods. There was even a a, a, a a preview that was you know that came out prior to the screening. So we were all, myself included, I remember seeing that preview, The Woods. They went into this theater. They were not told what it was. They thought it was this movie called The Woods. Lo and behold, surprise you are seeing a secret Blair Witch sequel. And then when they came out of the theater, that screening, all the Woods marketing was switched around and it was they came out and it was all Blair Witch marketing. So that's what kicked off the marketing was that Comic-Con surprise, which I just thought was the coolest thing. I remember waking up that following morning and every single major movie news site was just like breaking news you know <laughs> the woods surprise is is play a new play witch sequel and i was like get out of here and i do remember bloody disgusting really overhyped the film they were calling it a game changer and like the best thing that came out of horror in the last decade and shit and i was like wow and i remember seeing it at that screening and i liked it a lot but i didn't think it was the game changer bloody disgusting thought it was i mean it was good and all but god damn guys calm down a little bit um i mean i like the film i do and you know um i don't know how you feel about it but me i, I think it's a worthy sequel okay yeah uh, well i found okay. a lot of those characters annoying and just yelling way too much i wasn't into it i and i don't even remember you talking about the the woods thing so i can't even comment on that i don't remember that i remember something similar with adam mm. green's you know what i'm talking about victor crowley crowley yeah. victor crowley you know he was supposed to be a anniversary screening of the first hatchet and it that's was, right i remember crowley that movie. now i forgot about that 
That's yes. right. But yeah, the woods thing was really like that legitimately blew me away. I remember waking up that following morning like, holy shit, the woods is a Blair Witch film. Cool. And then, of course, they also they, they rewrote the trailer and, and they premiered it on all the websites, had the new trailer for it, which was, you know, no longer the woods is Blair Witch. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. So, yeah. And I like it, you know. I, maybe I'm a little biased because of who did it, but whatever <laughs> I, I and and may, may i just think blair witch is not necessarily for me it's for a lot of people right you know i think i'm definitely in the minority when it comes to the blair witch project and i understand that and i'm perfectly mm. fine with it i want to mention one more thing on the third blair witch and we'll, we'll stop okay. the um at the end when uh the chick is stuck in that little crawl little tunnel she's in Oh my God! Just thinking about it, I get claustrophobic. It's insane. And she was really like in there too, like the way. I, yeah, some gorilla filmmaking right there. Yeah, yeah. All right, and this is what we're gonna do. And I'm curious to see how you want to do this because, as you said, that 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 sequel is very recent. Like what, 2016? Does that sound right? That's exactly right. Okay, that's what I thought it was. But let's say they were to. It's found footage movie, and it's supposed to be played realistically. Let's say they did a remake. How would you... Well, one, I want to know how you would go about this. Would you use mm. unknowns, or would you, you would you try to remake this with a famous cast? I don't know. How do you want Absolutely. to tackle this? Absolutely. Unknowns. All the way. Because if you... If you the moment you hire someone who is known, or a famous person, or what have you, then it's almost like the the, the effort is lost. The point is lost. Like... You've already exposed the gimmick. Um, I'll give you know. a perfect example that we, I'll go back to Adam Green digging up the marrow. He goes for that same vibe, but he puts Ray Wise in it. And I mean, not everybody knows Ray Wise, but if you're watching movies like that, you probably know Ray Wise. I mean, I mean right. even if you don't know him by name, you're going to be like, that's the guy from Robocop. Robocop, I mean, exactly. I mean, I mean, We're Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah. For that, that crowd, I just watched that for the first time. Last year, yeah, mm -hmm. last year, yeah, that was my first time watching that. So nice, but yeah, I think Ray um, Wise was too big of a name. So, so yeah, the definitely unknown. Um, I mean, really, it can be done if if you give the original film, just give the franchise as a whole, give it time to kind of be forgotten a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, you know, don't do anything with it. Just let it be for like five years, maybe 10 to be even more sure. And then just come out swinging, uh, you know, have kind of the same concept, but new casts. And I don't know, who knows? Maybe the generation of film listeners or film watchers. It, it, 10 years from now or whatever we'll kind of forget about found footage we, one could hope um but yeah definitely start with the unknown part and uh just give it something fresh you know uh like there's one scene in particular in this film the in uh, the first film we'll go back to that one where they all run out they all because of course they got messed with in the middle of the night while they were trying to sleep that was all legit and there's a moment where they all run out and Heather's like, what the F is that? What the f is that? And you see the camera kind of move around. 
uh, Josh, who was holding a camera, missed the shot. He was supposed to get one of the guys out there dressed up as some like crazy thing, and it was supposed to freak him out. Well, Heather caught Heather saw it, but the camera didn't catch it. So that's why that scene is like, what is she saying? You know, like the camera was supposed to get you know one of the filmmakers or whoever was out there with them that night they had him dressed up in some ridiculous get up you know to kind of like mimic the, the, the Blair Witch or something or whatever I don't know it, it still would have been it's kind of a missed opportunity it would have been pretty cool to see because that let me tell you something seeing that scene for the first time in theaters 23 years ago that was some intense stuff I'm curious so like you said the internet played a big part so mm-hmm. I would think you'd have to use social media as a big part, like have them have a presence that just goes away after a time or something. Yeah, social media will only enhance the gimmick if you use it creatively enough and, and, and are smart about it. Because um, you can do exactly what they did before 23 years ago with this this mockumentary and you can just promote it when your Twitter or Instagram or whatever. You can show clips on your TikToks and whatnot, you know? Um, you know, there's, and social media can only benefit, you know, it can only benefit the idea. So. Can't disagree with any of that. (laughs) I wish I had a better answer for you, but it's just, it's too obvious. You know, I, I definitely think the internet would, uh, would be a helping hand. Social media would definitely help promote this idea. Again, if you use it smartly and, and if you use it intelligently, you know, be smart about it. So be like they were 23 years ago. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. So. All right. And it's that time. I want you to give that final pitch. Maybe someone who hasn't seen it. Maybe someone needs to revisit it. Maybe someone like me who's skeptical or maybe someone who has heard all the hype and doesn't feel they need to ever watch it. Why they should actually sit down. I'd say turn out the lights and give this film a watch. Oh God, yeah, you have to turn out the lights, even if, if, if whether you are in on the gimmick or not. Lights out, first and foremost. Um, you should see the Blair Witch Project because it is it was a game changer, you know, and this was an important role uh, in horror history. This movie. And I, I keep going back to Paranormal Activity, but it's the best example I've got because that was like the next big franchise that come out of this this category or this this uh you know subcategory of horror or whatever. But um yes yeah, just because the movie had an effect on I don't know it it's important because of what it did to the genre. It's important because even looking back on it now, there are moments of the movie that work. Um, you know, it's just, if anything, you owe it to yourself to see it because it's just, it, it, you know what? Just see the damn movie. I promised you it's worth it. So <laughs> I wish I had a better pitch. I really do. But, you know, I, I, I feel like don't be a square. Check out the play witch. That's that's my pitch. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it just it was an important movie 
um, so all, all jokes aside. Um, and, and because of that, I, I think if, if you are a fan of horror, you should at least see the film once or there's like a, you know, why not? I feel like there's certain movies that every, if, if, if you're a fan of horror, there should be like a, a certain amount, a certain list of movies that you should see horror films that you, every horror movie fan needs to see, like uh, whether it's Exorcist or Night of the Living Dead. Hell, I'd put Dawn, Dawn of the Dead on there, but Blair Witch would definitely be on there for all the reasons we talked about for this episode, because it, it was just something different and it worked. It, it, it captivated audiences. It was a huge deal. And, you know, 23 years later, we're still talking about it. Yep. So I feel like the Blair Witch will always be relevant. It'll, no matter what, I think this movie will stay relevant forever just because of the impact that it had. So, yeah, no, I can't disagree with any of that. So, my personal feelings aside, there's no doubt it needs to be seen, it needs to be experienced. And the importance it brought and basically created this new genre. I mean, the subgenre of horror and found footage. I mean, it's it's the catalyst. I mean, you can go back, like you said, Cannibal Holocaust. But Cannibal Holocaust wasn't doing what the Blair Witch did. I mean, it wasn't the big hit the Blair Witch was, you know. <laughs> it it did yeah, Cannibal Holocaust, it, it didn't grow as two hundred it was two hundred and fifty million dollars, tell you that. No, not at all. And I can't recommend Cannibal Holocaust to everybody because of what it entails, but I can recommend, I can tell you. Yes, same. (laughs) It's, I even hate the fact that I, you know, name dropped it this episode, but it is what it is, you know. I'm not a fan of the film. I think it's overrated, but that's just my opinion. Check out the Blair Wish instead. Yeah, no, there you go. There you go. There's your pitch. Don't watch Cannibal Holocaust. Watch the Blair Witch instead. There you <laughs> That's go. That's right. <laughs> all right. Let's go wrap it up. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and the podcast? You know, all that good stuff. All right. Well, if you want to listen to us, we're on all major platforms. You know, interact with us. You know, follow us. Uh, we're very active on Twitter at Film Effect Pod. But you should also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Film Effect Podcast um, website. It's pretty simple. www.thefilmeffectpodcast.com. And yeah, new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Oh, and Ed thought I was, he was, was going to let him get out of here without mentioning the fact that last year he made fun of me for being on TikTok. And where are you at now, Ed? TikTok at Film Effect Podcast. <laughs> I can't even get into my account anymore. I got locked out when I changed phones and now I can't get into it. So. I think I've, I think I've, I think I've used it like seven or eight times total in the four months I've had it. So, you know, you can follow us on there, um, but don't expect us to be posting every day. So. Yeah. And as always, you can follow the show at YNF movie pod on Twitter and Instagram. Like Ed said, we're most active on Twitter. I think the majority of podcasts seem to be. Easiest yeah, thing to do, go to linktr.ee slash YNF movie pod. That'll have the social media, the podcast platforms, the YouTube channel, my personal letterbox, so you can see what I'm watching that's not being covered on the show. And Film Effect Vember continues next week as we welcome on the newest member of the Film Effect family, Jocelyn. Keeping uh, with the horror. Yeah. Keeping with the horror, but adding a dash of comedy in, and she'll tell you why Shaun of the Dead should be your next favorite movie. 
until then, you guys take care and I'll talk to you next time.